I knew some, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Gucci. Newsome, but I didn't know it all podcast. I am your host, Shane Newsome, and I have got a heck of an episode for you guys today, tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening to this. I have with me Matt Landman, the creator of Frankenskies and Spiro Gear. Frankenskies is a movie about uh, geoengineering and what it's doing to this world. And Spiro Gear is a protective line of clothing that protects you against EMF radiation. So Matt breaks down some chemtrails and geoengineering for us, and then we get into some psychedelic experiences, and also an experience his buddy had that was in the military, and it uh, just wow, blew my mind. But thank you for listening to this episode, and with that, we'll jump into the trailer. sudden bam like a, just a kick in the face all of a sudden after not being in the marines for over a decade and 12 years all of a sudden just like that he could see color and he could taste herbs okay and he just fucking lost it he went in the closet crying had his girl start bringing him food didn't go out of the dark for a week he didn't know that he was seen in black and white, and black and white broke. He didn't know that he didn't have any taste. He had been injected. He had been injected with so much stuff. He had fluoride, mercury, time release on his teeth, and all this stuff. And he was in this marine zombie land where his senses were dulled, and he was not actually experiencing the world that we experienced. Welcome to the I Newsome, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Newsome. And tonight I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, freaking Matt Landman, creator of Frankenskies and uh, owner of Sparrow um, Gear. What, what, uh, what is it? Clothing? Gear? Clothing? There we go. Yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Shane. Yeah, thank you so much for having me uh sparrowprotectionclothing.com or sparrowgear.com they all go to the same place and sparrow gear is the instagram handle i just like keeping it short and mm-hmm. letting people be able to spell it for themselves because sparrow already is a weird word it's a latin word and people end up spelling it like the bird and i ended up yeah. <laughs> i ended up having to buy a whole different a whole bunch of different um email handles to get people to the right place wow yeah basically it's because I'm always saying the word geoengineering, having websites with the word geoengineering in it, and that word alone is like, you know, big and long. But it's being introduced to the public now, uh, you Indeed. know, in the, ma- in the mainstream. So, but how are you doing, brother? What's going on? Dude, How's I'm the weather? Doing, did you I'm get hit great. with this? Um, <laughs> did you get hit with this? Whatever the name of this system is, you're getting some moisture. It's supposed to hit us tomorrow. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, they've been spraying. I've been spraying all week. <laughs> and like you said, I was just listening to your episode with um, Expanding Reality. And, uh, you know, I didn't know about the, the, the contrails or also chemtrails. And uh, so they've been prepping all week. And then finally, like yesterday and the day before, they had the full-on full on trails, man. So I think they're helping this thing right along. Right on. And I um, grew up in Northern Virginia, and I know about that. Um, how the systems hit where you live and where I grew up, you're right on the edge of either getting sleet 
or rain or snow or freezing mm-hmm. rain. And you really never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen based on just a little nudge. And now that I know that it's all <laughs> controlled, it's like the nudge is from higher up and harp and whatnot. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, it's an acronym, but we can get into that. That's a cool band, the Harp Machine. Oh, is that a band? Yeah, they're uh, they're all about like disclosure and and stuff. Oh, that's so, cool. I'll have to look yeah. them up. I Metal like band. Music, I like music like that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, anybody who's doing their passion and spreading truth at the same time. Yeah, know, man, that's, that's awesome in my book. I've got a hip hop. My um, friend's a hip hop artist. Um, homage the lion killer i don't know if you've heard him he's he's really no. good too. h-o-m h-o-m-a-g-e he, he does it's he's been dropping everything truth recently and he, did yeah. a, he did a song uh, digital clouds that was, digital that was like clouds. a big hit back in back like five years ago okay i'm surprised i haven't heard of that but uh i'm pretty sheltered when it comes to the music i still listen to the same shit i've been listening to for like 15 years <laughs> <laughs> same but yeah, man. Let's so let's get into some of this chemtrail stuff. Can you like break it down for somebody who's like probably never even heard the word, or like maybe just heard the word? So yeah, you mentioned that you just kind of learned the difference between contrail and chemtrail, and that's because the powers that be have constructed this polarized, dualistic approach of always having two sides of the argument, two sides of the coin that they control. And in this instance, the powers that be, being the controlled media, um, the the CIA, the the Department of Energy, NASA, all these groups that are in on this, you know, because people want to know the who, what, why, where, when, how, before they can really sink their teeth into something and convey it to their friends, family, and peers, you know. And so people that are listening we want to walk away with at least a lot of those who, what, why, where, when, how, you know, and I, I hopefully can get there with it. So the polarized argument of the contrail, chemtrail was, you know, before people started really waking up, looking at the sky and having a debate between the size of the trail. Okay. So they were saying, mm-hmm. oh no, size matters. If it's mm-hmm. short, then it's a contrail, condensation trail coming yeah. out of the back of the jet plane because of the heat coming out of the engine, they would claim the heat would create yeah. condensation, condensation like how you come out of your mouth on a winter cold <sighs> winter day, just like that. <laughs> and then the long trail was a conspiracy, a chemical trail sprayed to depopulate, they would say. And so when this first started becoming, coming into the vernacular, the debate was, oh, is it some toxic, crazy chemtrail or is it the normal trail? And that toxic chemtrail debate was controlled by controlled opposition and literally like CIA agents would smear themselves with poop and go into the major cities of the United States and have signs saying chemtrails are killing you. And, and it's, it's like this mental pathway when it's first dug to its Whoa. subject in your brain. You know what I'm saying? When the topic is first introduced, if, if it's introduced to you in a certain way, like by a crazy person on the street, a homeless crazy walking down the street of Bethesda or Maryland or whatever, wherever you're from, right? And you're a kid and someone introduces to you the word and the concept in a crazy way. Now it's an uphill battle for the activists, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's already been introduced mm-hmm. to them via the media, via um, the, the crazy uh, geostorm propaganda machine, um, even the movie Snowpiercer. In the movie Snowpiercer, they spray so many chemtrails in the beginning of the movie to, to combat global warming, which is what they say they want to do in real life now, <laughs> that the movie goes into an ice age, everyone dies except for these people on a train, right? And so now you, you have it in your head, oh, that's just, you've been socially engineered by the propaganda machine that is finely tuned and we're so vulnerable, we don't even know it. And we've been conditioned to thinking that that's a Hollywood concept. or that that's a Right, or that's a crazy concept from the homeless person on the streets. And so I'm out there passing out flyers like six years ago when I really got into it, and people are like, I've already heard of this. Actually, time is like frozen. It's been like seven, eight years now. But people had already, <laughs> yeah, had, people had already had a concept of it. And oh, I didn't know about this. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you already know about this? You saw one movie that isn't even out yet? Like, how do you even know <laughs> about this? Like, oh, no, I've done some research. I know. You know, so they've already been told the propaganda. They don't even want to hear what I have to say. So, <clears throat> this sounds like most people who have uh, 
who went to college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I learned this. I learned this. College. I don't even have to like refresh or anything. I know it. <laughs> well, when you pay for your information, you know, you tend to take authority as the yeah. truth yeah. rather than truth as the authority. And you can make that choice. It's really up to you. So for those of us that are up to speed on our conspiracies, 9-11 was for sure an inside job. And if you really look into it, I don't care how old you were. Some people are like, oh, I wasn't even born. How could I be impacted by that? But I was living in um, Herndon, Virginia at the time, which is like a stone throw from Dulles Airport where, pain, where planes mm-hmm. took off full of people, mm-hmm. you know, and they did not land. They never showed up. And in a lot of those instances, those planes were um, landed at an Air Force base around D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and those people were killed. And then missiles were shot at these buildings in New York and the Pentagon and whatnot. So the yeah. supposed plane that hit the Pentagon, these, it had these huge engines on it, two-ton Rolls-Royce titanium and steel engines, and they disappeared into the Pentagon. They didn't even break the windows. Each one is two tons of steel and titanium, and they didn't even impact the grass or the glass windows where they would have measured to hit. So that's a big conspiracy. Well, let's talk about those engines. They're called high-bypass turbofan engines. And they were created by General Electric at first, and then Rolls-Royce, and then back to General Electric, and now Rolls-Royce really owns the market. They started coming out in the 40s, and they were perfected around the 1960s. 1963, Rolls-Royce um, came out with them, and Rolls-Royce now has a closed-loop system where they actually sell you the product and then maintain it, which is pretty cool. I mean, if you're buying engines, you'd like to hope that someone would, you know, cough up a little maintenance and you drop, <laughs> you're dropping a couple mil on a <laughs> turbofan jet engine. But what is a, what is a turbofan, high bypass turbofan jet engine? You know, because a lot of controlled opposition, quote, controlled opposition slash activists slash specialists will come and tell you all these things about these engines and stuff. But I'm telling you straight up right here, right now, it's very simple. You know how the propellers spin when you see the propellers and they create lift over the wings and the planes fly? The engines on the airplanes that we fly around with, like the commercial jets, they have these big turbo fan blades. It's just a fan blade that is spinning and blowing air. There's no heat. It's just an internalized um, windmill like we see on the, when the fan blades are out and they're not the, in, the engine. Yeah. So there's not, not heat blasting off of it, okay? And when, we go, when they turn on the engine, we go behind it, there's no heat. And my dad was a pilot, uh, rest in peace, and we would fly through flocks of seagulls, okay? We'd fly through flocks of seagulls, and they would come out the other end bloody, uh, not singed at all. Not cooked. Chopped up, just chopped up, okay? And maybe the engine would get, the fan blade could get broken, and that would be a problem. Yeah. (laughs) There's no heat. There's no heat whatsoever. Nothing could ever get melted. No, No ice is getting melted. Dude, when there's ice on the wing and the ice on the engine, they got there's not it's not getting Dude, melted off by the heat. There's no heat. Okay, that period. was I okay. I was on a plane. I was going to to Disney World when I was like 11, and we flew out of Philly, and so they had to de-ice the wings. It was uh, we, it was like January or something like now, and. Uh, dude we sat on the runway for like three or four hours and i'm like they obviously have something running to keep it warm in here in the plane but like how like like you said like how is there still ice all over these engines like if they're supposed to be getting hot like that's that was something that 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 i like noticed as as a kid and well, these uh, engines are they're very efficient they can cross the atlantic ocean with very little fuel you know, the whole jet fuel thing is another interesting conspiracy. Um, some people say that jet fuel is used just to take off and land and that there's actually air compressors that help spin the turbines as they're in that. flight. The, um, th- that's, I'm, I don't really, that's up for a debate. Yeah. But at the end of the day, to make all that crazy, if it was a crazy engine like Top Gun, you know, Tom Cruise, like F-16s, like aircraft carriers, and it was blasting heat like that, then it would not be fuel efficient and they would burn through jet fuel. And where's all that jet fuel when you're crossing the Atlantic Ocean to Australia? I mean, it's yeah. just not that much is used. So if we can get past the fact that there's no hot air, then the whole story starts to unravel and we can look up at the sky and see planes going by with nothing going on. Okay. We were told before 
when nothing's going on, it's because of atmospheric conditions and, oh, well, that's not that hot up there, obviously, because, or it's not that cold up there, or, or the barometric pressure or the, the cloud formations, they confuse us with all of these terms because we're not meteorologists or atmospheric scientists or mm-hmm. aeronautical engineers or all this Edward Bernays compartmentalization. But the activist wears many hats, and we have to think outside the box. And nowadays, you know, it's like you either take poison or you read ingredients. But don't yeah. label me. I'm just thinking for myself, you know. It's like the whole term, I'm not a rocket scientist. I can't think like that. Well, I can actually think like a rocket scientist, and none of it makes sense. Like, how can you have combustion of gas, of gas when there's no oxygen? And how can you have propulsion when you're in a vacuum of space? There's all these questions you know, that, that, that start to arise. And, and I like to be an aeronautical engineer and an electrical engineer and a, an, um, meteorologist and all these things that I have to do to wear many hats to get through in this world where we're under attack in so many ways. So when you start to look at the sky, you see short trails, medium trails, long trails, and no trails coming out of the back of jets, planes, okay? Mm-hmm. The short trails are, they're discussed in certain documents like the tropospheres tropospheric aerosol program document from the Department of Energy. The Department of Energy wanted to get on, in on this spraying the skies with chemicals, it seems. So, so there's a document from 2001 that discusses all of it. And they call it the contrail precursor gas, where they're like priming the sky to release other chemicals. And then NASA has okay. a program called CARE, the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment Program. NASA has a budget of about $54 million per day most everything they do and say is not per day per day they have a budget that is mostly black ops and and no scrutiny no transparency and they lie they lie through their teeth they say they're going to mars and i mean come on let's be serious about all these things and at the end of the day they have a public chemtrail program they're being honest about that and they spray barium aluminum strontium three chemicals in the atmosphere to quote use the atmosphere as a laboratory to make fake clouds they call them noctilucent clouds, and they, there's, there's no regulatory body or EPA or anybody checking what they do. You know, they've got a fleet of drones and planes, just like the Department of Energy, just like all these other ongoing programs going side by side. So the short trails are like primer gases. I think they're barium. Okay, there's okay. barium re- release rockets from NASA going back to the late 70s, 1976, barium release rocket patents and if you follow the patents or if you watch my movie frankenskies that has military stock footage going back to the 1920s uh please check it out frankenskies.com also frankenskiesthemovie.com two places for information those, and then those links will be will be down in the show notes for sure thank you and the documentary even if you watch the first 20 30 minutes it'll get you there like to see that they were perfecting their tools in the 1920s and 30s and 40s and 50s and come the 60s they're flooding the ho chi Minh trail in Vietnam, and the UN has to come together and unanimously vote 52, 52 countries to none to ban weather warfare across the world. I mean, if weather warfare was acknowledged in the 60s, then you know what's going on with weather warfare nowadays is a question that we should ask. So the medium trails mix with the short trails, and then once the sky is primed, you've got longer trails, and they're mixing chemicals in the sky to do different things. The conspiracy side of it that the powers that be want us debating on is just that they're spraying chemicals to poison us and that it's like depopulation agenda, agenda 2030 and all this stuff. And that's really easy for people, normies, to dismiss. And that's where, like, before this whole flat earth thing came out, if you were a conspiracy theorist, then someone, a normal person, would say, oh, you must believe in chemtrails then. That was like the dirty <laughs> word if you brought up anything else, like GMO or fluoride or whatever. I remember that, that in like like high kick, school. Yeah, that was like the kick in the pants. Like, oh, well, you, then you must be a chemtrail. Because that's like the dirtiest thing. Now it's gotten even worse. And if you question anything, people are like, oh, well, you must be one of those flat earthers because the media is mm-hmm. controlling that. And I've even You're put in, Yeah, and the Q-tard, that, that's, that's another way of controlling it all. Um, to get us all lumped into this group, you know, like the, the best thing about being an activist or truther or woke or whatever it is, is you're not in a group. Truth is your group. Truth is your authority. You yes. know, different people say different things and they prompt you to think different ways, but nobody's going to tell me how to think, how to feel, what to feel, how to, how to any of it. You know, my gut tells Damn me right. and my spirit and my spirit guides or whatever guide the way. It's like, 
it doesn't have anything to do with like the media telling me yes, no, this is the argument, this is where it's got to be and how it's got to be. Because things started opening up in my world that I realized that I was being completely lied to. And if they're giving you two sides of a coin, Republican, Democrat, left, right, or whatever it is, and both of them are total lies, then where am I going to stand? Not on the left or the right. I'm going to pick my own you know, direction, which is the path. Mint your own coin. Yeah. So ultimately, <laughs> there's chemicals sprayed, they're mixed together, and then they're actually zapped with ground-based stations intersecting radio waves. So if you put something mm. in the microwave, when something's in the microwave oven, it's intersecting radio waves. They're small radio waves. They're called microwaves. Mm-hmm. They can't travel very far, the microwaves, but it's all radio waves. Um, even cell phone technology and smart meters and Wi-Fi and stuff, it's all radio waves. And that's actually just light that we can't see because it's a spectrum of light that our eyes cannot see. But it's the same properties of light, travels the same speed of light, just a different um, size uh, wave of light. Okay. Um, if it was a smaller wave, it would fall into the spectrum of uh, our light, Roy G. Biv, and we can see red, orange, yellow, blue, and to go violet. So these bigger waves that can go far. Okay, so firstly, if you put a food in the microwave, from two directions, intersecting radio waves clash, and they intersect at the food. And then the water molecules oscillate and heat up because of the agitated um, intersection of the radio waves. So that is actually done in our atmosphere when the chemtrails are laid out. So that's, the chemtrails are just part of the program. The chemicals are laid out, and then ground-based stations shoot radio waves from two different angles, basically, and intersect them, and they can superheat a portion of the sky. So back when I was a kid, I would watch the Weather Channel, and there'd be like these H's and L's, and the meteorologist would be pointing at the screen, and they'd say the high and low pressure is steering these things, and maybe in high and low pressure would clash together and make a thunderstorm, you know, which I miss. Mm-hmm. I don't get so much of that in Oregon where I live, but I miss Virginia for those nice storms. Oh, yeah. And hurricanes, tornadoes, similar thing, similarly a clashing of high and low pressures. And then high pressure systems can um, create these heat waves that block jet streams and steer jet streams or droughts or you name it, you know, like all of these can, weather conditions can be created through basically creating heat waves or high pressure, which is done by spraying chemicals in the atmosphere and then superheating them with ground-based stations that um, beam radio waves at it. It's Tesla technology. It goes all the way back to then. And that technology was used to form what's called a HARP antenna array in Alaska. So it's an acronym, H-A-A-R-P, Highly Active Auroral Research Program. I believe, or High Altitude Auroral Research Program. I've seen both acronyms. And this is the acronym for the station that was built firstly in Alaska. And then Alaska, it was like a couple football fields size big of these antenna arrays, these antennas that were about 40 feet tall. And all these antennas could pick a focal point in the atmosphere and intersect those radio waves and heat it up with or without the chemtrails. But the chemtrails really help it, you know. Yeah. And so they can pick a focal point basically anywhere on Earth now because of all the different um, antenna arrays that they have everywhere. And then they can make these high-pressure waves, um, with these systems of high-pressure, and then steer jet streams or create heat waves or push weather along however they want. And it seems like the Air Force or the powers that be in the U.S. especially, but across the world, that at this juncture in history, the weather is, almost 100% manipulated and controlled. Um, if they stopped, I think that the natural hydrological systems would just take over. But maybe they're telling each other, oh, we can't stop anymore. We've, we control it too much. And now we've got to geoengineer. So while I'm on this tangent, I want to say, and, and then I'm happy to answer any other questions. Now, so the spraying of chemicals in the sky has all these different elements. Um, maybe they're spraying lithium to test it on the public because that does happen. Um, Dick Gregory, uh, African-American activist, rest in peace, he died recently. He would talk about they would come spray manganese on the ghetto and then everyone start fighting because manganese agitates people. So there is experimentation on human, on the, on the U.S. population, you know, citizen. It's like the movie oh, The Crazies. Yes. And along with that, there's weather manipulation, weather control, weather experimentation, a lot of that, all sorts of that. But another aspect of it is geoengineering, which is also called solar radiation management, also called um, 
uh, solar radiation management, and then also called SRMGI. Oh, well, sorry, solar radiation management. And then there's another um, funny word for it that'll come into my head in a second. But it's the government saying that they need to spray chemicals in the sky to um, dim the sun so that we don't get as much sunlight because they want to act now on global warming, which global warming is a total lie. All right. And I'm sorry. Some people are going to be upset with that claim. It's not a claim. Feelings. Right. I'm telling you straight up. um, I live near the ocean and I've lived on the ocean and I've lived in next to marshes on the ocean. And I've, my grandma lives in Florida and sea level has not changed for one. So this whole sea level talk, there's no rising sea levels. There's um, flooding from rain and there's high tides and low tides, but sea level has not changed. Is there a, a warming globe? Well, globe, that's a question. Is, is the, <laughs> are, we heating, are we heating up? We're heating up from this design of spraying chemtrails and zapping them with harp antenna arrays and creating heat waves and then using those points on the, you know, as uh, fuel to push this Hegelian dialectic, which is a problem reaction solution scenario where the problem is created, you know, here and there. I mean, they're not telling us about where it got cold. They're just picking these heat waves, mm-hmm. throwing them in the media. I mean, they spray aluminum oxide and barium salts. And these are patented, and they spray them through NASA publicly. These are patented fire accelerants, and they're being sprayed on our trees and on our fires. We can make rain on these fires in California and whatnot, and we don't. We make windstorms on top of them with, with geoengineered, engineered um, fire tornadoes and all this stuff. Mm. And then that gets into global news and everyone is put into fear. And the solution mm. is controlling the sun, controlling the global warming by geoengineering and spraying aluminum in the sky to deflect sunlight, they say, to slow down the heating of the planet. Okay. So if we can get to that point, and, and I mean, let's know, let's just know that there is not a conclusion on this uh, global warming climate change thing Mm -hmm. like the elephant in the room is chemtrails on that it's not even talked about at all and you're not even having an accurate debate when you're like oh should we act on this act on what Mm -hmm. you know and then and then them pitching it as the solution the actual problem that's nefarious and very evil let's let's just say so if you do end up spraying aluminum in the sky which they're doing it very easily could create a greenhouse effect. I mean, the heat comes in, it gets trapped, aluminum, come on, people. And then the impacts it has on the soil, and then you've got Monsanto-resistant aluminum seeds. Those are the only things that grow. You've got Monsanto bees that are going to be okay living in this environment, nothing else. Like Alzheimer's and dementia rates are going through the roof. People are getting injected with aluminum, and then as they flip the 5G switch on, and we're breathing aluminum, what happens when you put aluminum in the microwave? That's what 5G all around is going to be like, and people are not going to be able to think clearly and all that. And that's what dementia and Alzheimer's is. So the lastly, what I want to say is all that sounded like a crazy conspiracy. And I'm, and I wish I couldn't say to you that geoengineering is actually a mainstream narrative that the spraying of aluminum in the sky from jets, just like these lines in the sky that we would see now that, that aren't, that are not going on, they say. They say that's just condensation from jets, which I talked about earlier, that that's mm-hmm. not can't be true. They say that those moisture clouds from jets, okay, if those are moisture clouds from jets, guess what the number one greenhouse gas is? The number one greenhouse gas, have you heard me say this before? Uh, I think so. It's water vapor. Well, yeah. So there's other gases like methane, and those are even worse in terms of greenhouse than carbon dioxide or whatever, but no one even knows that the number one greenhouse gas is water vapor. Water. The more water vapor, the more greenhouse effect you have, and that's it. Like, so if there's chemtrails, I mean, if there's contrails all over the place making all these lines across the sky all back and forth, then that needs to be regulated. There needs to be scrutiny and transparency in our sky regardless you know yeah so that that's something there so but they're saying that they have the solution to climate change global warming they're going to dim the sky with spraying of particulates in the atmosphere it's going to look just like what people the conspiracy theorists think are chemtrails it's going to look just like that but not be that and they're going to do it soon so through bill gates they want to do this experiment in sweden 
in June. And if it works with this experiment in June in Sweden, then they want to launch it full scale all over the world in this year, in 2022. So it's going to come into our consciousness and vernacular. And we have to know that we're being bamboozled and duped. And this is our opportunity to wake up to this. Otherwise, it's going to become mainstream and we're not going to have an opportunity to even wake up and everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, well actually it's part of my taxes and it's good for us. It's like, come on, like, when are we going to see the writing on the walls that we've been talking about this for years and you've been saying that we're conspiracy theorists and now they're saying that this is something that needs to be done. How, mm-hmm. where, how can we get anybody that's like, because I grew up in, in Washington, D.C. area. All my friends ended up working for Booz Allen Hamilton, Northrop Grumman, all these government contractors. Mm-hmm. I moved to California. I was like, peace, guys. But like, I can't even get through to them now. Yeah. You know, they're so, gr- they're so brainwashed. Doctrinated. So this whole hatred for Trump thing and this whole political agenda going on right now, there's a polarized argument in the geoengineering space. And the left-right paradigm has gotten people to think that the right-wing, crazy, racist Republicans that are dirty energy, big oil and all that, they're the global warming deniers. And they don't think Mm -hmm. we need to do anything about global warming. They don't think we need to do geoengineering. But... They're evil. They're divide and conquer. Exactly. So then you get everybody out of hatred for Trump. Okay, I'm not political. Okay, I'm not going to pick either side. Me either. But people's actions were. So it's all a joke. I get. If, all if, of the actions. Haven't realized that. Up we're out of hate. Okay, they're manipulated into a frequency of hate. All right, that's some satanic agenda. I think. So we got out there in hate. Not we, but people out there. We need green initiatives. We need to do something about climate change. We love Joe Biden and all this nonsense. I mean, come on. Out of what? Because Trump was a sexist, racist, and all these things that we got spoon-fed. And at the end of the day... I'm by the pussy. Exactly. People (laughs) don't even realize that was so well-planned and divisive. I was living in Canada, dude, and people were outside in my island community, and no one even lived there. And there's women outside with signs. Trump grabbed a and I'm like, where, I'm like, where am I? What's going on? Did he, did he even get into office? I didn't even know, bro. And I'm like, and, and people are living in, like, in the random boonies of another country. You know what I mean? That's how so at the end of the day, people are begging for action on climate change, and which is dimming your sky with metal and spraying metal all over you. And well, just, why don't we spray gold? I mean, where's the Anunnaki at? Are these guys just the Anunnaki? Like, what? <laughs> Well, then, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, it gets really interesting because I don't even know what's going on. But I think that (laughs) there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the sky that gets really deep. The sky has an electromagnetic charge and there's free energy and it has to do with the polarity of the earth and the sky. The earth is a positive charge and the sky is a negative charge, just like 20 feet up, right? And the Schumann Mm -hmm. resonance is this frequency that we can tap into and stuff. But it, it requires a static electric charge. And so the chemtrails are like creating this crazy static electric charge and zapping the sky all the time and all this stuff. I think maybe there's something to do with all of that. And if, if, there's, if, we're, if there's anybody deep down the rabbit hole, there's, there's that um, nugget for you. But for I mean, people on the peripheral, I just want to say geoengineering is your demise. So don't ever think that action on green and dimming our sun, our life source of energy... <laughs> Like, how is that anything good? And thanks <laughs> for letting me get all that out. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, that's what I was going to say earlier. Like, how can anyone think that dimming out the sun for any reason would be a good thing? Like, that, like that's just such a, like, a, a fucking violation of your human rights. D- dimming out the sun? And then also, like, on a, a on complete conspiracy end of things, like... Once they do have this big cloud in the sky, wouldn't that just be a great projector screen for your pro- project Bluebeam? <laughs> yeah, so Bluebeam, I think that they what they'll do with Bluebeam probably is well, Harp can get pointed at the fault lines, and I I know you want me to talk about psychedelic experience, so let's get to that. All right, Harp can be turned and pointed at fault lines, and earthquakes can be had. It's been experimented in Japan and um, in the med in um. Uh, Haiti, uh-huh. and and elsewhere, and they know that they can do it. And if uh-huh. they were to project in the sky some BS asteroid, like in Siberia or something, mm-hmm. huge asteroid, you know, 
And they wouldn't even have to drop a bomb over there, but they could. But, oh, asteroid hit. Here's the footage. Yeah. And look, you know, no one would really see it. And then they could earthquake the crap out of everywhere. And then as they're building, the, putting the pieces back together, they create mega cities, 5G's everywhere. And they have these like no-go zones. And the new world order really comes together. Because how's this Klaus Schwab really going to yeah. be some crazy global dictator? They need some trigger event for, the, for them to really come in all the white yeah, house. Like, oh, we got to help you now. We got to really help. Oh. So, man, I was uh, I was reading this thing on Instagram. I mean, I don't know how truthful this is. It was like a little Instagram like meme post thing, but it was uh, it was saying like you bury a couple different ingredients like a couple feet under the ground, you can cause a fucking earthquake. And like, I don't know how true this is or like what, but like, I don't know if you think from the perspective of the inf- infinity of the universe, like. I could see, I could see that happening somehow. You get the right couple ingredients and and some spiritual energy behind that. Uh, I think, I think big things could happen. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't doubt the power of intention. Um, I'm not really sure about earthquakes, but I think that yeah. the whole, I think the whole attack on humanity is to undermine our true powers. And so, like, yeah, what the hell, like. I don't understand the the I guess the, the evil I guess you could say in this world like why I I really think that it's all on purpose and they're just doing all this horrible shit to us on purpose until we fight back against them and they're finally going to be like good this is what we've been trying to get you to do now we can progress as a society and uh maybe they're not doing that uh consciously but I don't. Maybe maybe subconsciously, that's why they're evil. Just because they have to be, so there can be good. I think almost. I think that the the stars are aligning for a revolution of consciousness, and the revolution of consciousness will come with a fall of the paradigm that exists right now. So, like the satanic regime will come down in a revolution. It might look like a revolutionary war or something like that, and they know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So they're steering that energy and controlling it, and pinning us together for a war but more of a civil war i think i think the civil war is what they want to get out of it there's all of these bs like white supremacist groups all over and all this blm and all this stuff and it's at the end of the day they're going to stage probably some false flag of some kick kick. i mean what are they going to do but i think i think it's a civil war that they want you know they really want to dismantle from within, the CIA loves going to other countries, Arab Spring, Libya, you name it, South America. Mm-hmm. They go to other countries, dismantle from within, Afghanistan, USSR. Mm-hmm. They dismantle from within, they walk away and let it fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder in the United States because we're not this awesome. Yeah, country. see, this is what I'm thinking. So, like, uh, well, yeah, every, pretty much everyone has guns. And then also, like, who the fuck is going to be fighting each other in this civil war? Like, yeah, you said like some KKK or black lives matter stuff, but like, at least where I'm from, like I'm from a small town. So like a lot, a lot of people know each other around here, but I don't like no one's no one around where I live is going to be killing each other. It might be like a couple crazy people that like getting a, like a stupid little shootout or something. But like, I really like can't see Americans like on a large scale, at least the majority of us killing each other, you know, I don't know. I guess guess there would have to be a lot. I think there would have to be a lot of like, um, where those planted, uh, planted agents, like, uh, what are those called? Um, yeah. Will they get the shit going? They had the, the riot starters. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Agent provocateurs. Agent, yeah, agent provocateurs, that's the word. There's a, there's a lot. They're all over the place. And they very well could. I think it'll just be like a skirmish in the United States that then each state has to kind of pick a side, you know? And yeah. if, there's a, if there's a skirmish and the supply chain starts to get broken down and all of a sudden the trucks aren't flowing from California, the breadbasket of almost the world. Yeah. Things are going to get really weird really quick, you know? So we'll see. We're going to go through some shit. We're going to really see. (laughs) But let's talk psychedelics. So now you want to do that at the end of the show. So a few years back, everyone was talking about flat earth. And I think that that was a psyop at first because it was introduced in such a crazy way. They wanted Mm -hmm. everyone to think it was just a crazy thing Mm -hmm. to control the dialectic on even a half truth or a truth or anything or to control the dialectic on lies. They like to control the dialogue 
on everything. And a lot of people don't get that. But to control the dialogue, even if it's the truth, it's so powerful because then you get everyone together and then you just have them playing checkers or something, you know, you don't actually do anything. And yeah. that's what controlled opposition is so powerful for. So when I started digging into the flat earth thing, I gave it up. I said, uh, this is, this is nuts. This is a psyop. And I don't, and this seems like a distraction from what's really important, which is chemtrails is what I said <laughs> at the time. And then I had this, and I believe in divine stuff and, and God and all these I mean, I don't really know what I believe in, but I believe in some divine stuff, like yeah, some divine order. Something's guiding me along the way. And I had these chemtrail flyers, and I put this one chemtrail flyer at this coffee shop. And at the time, I had my contact information on it. I put this chemtrail flyer at this coffee shop, and I said, this is going to be the one. This person's going to contact me. It's going to change my life. And I thought it would always be money, right? Because I'm always struggling with dough. It's always something. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I mean? I mean, activist, activism, even though I've got the silver clothing line now, it's like, Still, it's like activism is, is it is always a, 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 a passion, uh, a love, you know, it is always, it's not always about the money, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, so here, this, not making any money from the show. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And if you've got a Patreon people, please um, support. Thank Do you. Thank you, can. you. Or share this. Do what you can, people, please support. So this Marine hit me up, this ex-Marine, he contacted me. And he said, Matt, I want to um, talk to you about chemtrails and stuff. Let's meet up. And I was like, oh, here we go. I was right. I knew it. Payday. So I meet up with this dude. And he wants to tell me about like, his awakening and his life and stuff. And we just ended up being buddies. And it was really amazing. And he was like, have you given, have you, he's like, have you given this flat earth stuff any thought? And I was like, yeah, it's up. I already gave it some thought. Thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, well, would you be willing, willing to hear me out? And I was like, roll one up then, bro. Let's do this. You know what I mean? If we're going to go there, let's, let's talk. Yeah. And he told me his story, man. And his story was amazing. So I lived in Northern California at the time, Humboldt County. Um, it's prevalent for cannabis growing. And he, at the time, my friend, he told me his story, which was a beautiful story. I'm going to tell it really quick. And then I'm going to get to my experience. All right. He was an Arab translator in the Marines. And he was supposed to get deployed for the shock and all in Iraq right after 9-11. And he was in Hawaii, stationed in Hawaii. And, he, and him, he's from uh, Louisiana. And he was just like this gung-ho, total Marine, completely indoctrinated. And when 9 and, and he's very smart. And when 9-11 happened, he was like, let's go kill some freaking Arabs. And he was watching the news and they were showing Osama bin Laden speak Arabic and literally he was not saying what they were translating. He was like talking wow. about his favorite effing cuisine. Like he was not talking about death to America. And wow. my buddy was like, dude, he just said like, can we order some pizza? He didn't say death to America, guys. Wow. <clears throat> and that was like this huge thing for him. <clears throat> he tried to find the clip again, you know, and it was just part of the propaganda machine. They tried to find something with Osama bin Laden. They're throwing it all together at the time, you know, like it was all fabricated for those that don't know. And so he said it was divine intervention. He went out that night. He got totally shit-faced and got um, in a big fight with some um, Navy brats or whatever, you know, got beat, up, got beat up, ended oh, up in the shit. hospital. He's in the hospital, and his platoon or, or whatever, Marine um, platoon, gets deployed, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's home watching them go invade Iraq. And oh, he wow. just he saw, I mean, in the hospital, and he saw through it all. And he was like, I need to get out of this. And he got a dishonor he ended up with a dishonorable discharge, talking shit and fucking got himself kicked out. Nice. And then he was like, he was like, all right, well, what am I gonna do with my life? He ends up in Northern California, um, probably in the cannabis industry, hustling mm -hmm. some sort, growing or whatever. And he's just a normal dude, finds a nice woman and they're having kids. And this one day he's, got, he's smoking himself a blunt to the face of mm -hmm. granddaddy perks granddaddy perks, right. purple strain from back in the day and he's literally just smoking this uh cannabis jo big joint a, a blunt for those of you that don't, don't know <laughs> of <a perp>. okay? <laughs> and all of a sudden bam like a, just a kick in the face all of a sudden after not being in the marines for over a decade been 12 years 
all of a sudden, just like that, he could see color and he could taste the perps. Okay. And he just fucking lost it. He went in the closet crying, had his girl start bringing him food, didn't go out of the dark for a week. He didn't know that he was seen in black and light and black and white, bro. He didn't know that he didn't have any taste. He had been injected. He had been injected with so much stuff. He had fluoride, mercury, time release on his teeth and all this stuff. And literally he was in this marine zombie land where his senses were dulled and he was not actually experiencing the world that we experienced. And when that, when he snapped out of it because of the, the, which cannabis cannabis can help help with PTSD and all these other things and open different parts of your brain and stuff like that. He literally almost had like a whole breakdown and almost suicided himself. He had to sit in the dark for a week. And afterwards he had this whole epiphany waking up to the media and all this stuff. And he's like, we're not even going to let our children see TV. We're not going to let our children listen to the radio, watch the TV or anything. And he had these two beautiful blonde children, uh, girls. They were like eight when I met them and he, or maybe like 10. And, um, like the energy, like they were just amazing. And he's like, I'm not yeah. letting them get exposed to any of it. No Disney, no nothing. No yeah. pop music, no Britney Spears, no nothing. They're like, who's Nicki Minaj? I have no idea. And I thought that, that was a beautiful thing. So he was like, look, dude, the earth is flat. I swear. <sighs> I swear the earth is flat. He's showing me all this stuff. He's showing the P900. He shows me like stars zoomed in all close. And they're like, they're, they, they're like sentient. They're not balls of gas. You know, what, yeah. what are the stars zoomed in? I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. And these cameras zoomed in on Mars. They look nothing like what the, you know, what we're being told. The the, the photographs. The NASA, the NASA photographs. The, the images. Are, they're, they're just called images. They're not even called photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this guy, they're composite images. <laughs> yeah. right? So this, this, this guy, he really piqued my interest. And I started just thinking about the earth and stuff. And I started doing some research. And I started asking these questions. And I started, um, there's like this, this flat earth, um, the guy who did like, the first documentary and stuff. And I started reading the stuff and all the stuff about the bridges and how far people can see in the lighthouses. And I got really, 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 I really nerded out on it, man. Mm, and I was David like, Weiss shit. yeah, David Weiss. I got into him and I even was like over in Thailand. I hit him up. I was like, Hey, you're in Bangkok. Let's, let's link up. Let's, let's <laughs> oh, chill, cool. bro. We weren't able to link. He's he uh, says, too many death threats. He said, I was like, oh, come man. on, man. <laughs> anyway, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. He knew about my stuff. That was cool. That was cool that he got that ball rolling for people's mind. Yeah. So, so my buddy, um, he worked at the top of this mountain at this big cannabis grow. And he was like, Hey, I know you can get me some mushrooms. Can you give me some mushrooms? And he's this Israeli dude. And I was like, yeah, I can get you these like Mexican ones. But dude, they're not like the mushrooms you've been eating. They're really freaking strong, bro. My these homie. like the penis envy? No, I, no, those are cool too. They're these those little Mexican, are really these strong. Little, these little like dark orange. I didn't even, I haven't seen anything like these. These little dark orange, like, like out of a cartoon, like little compact, like almost huh. opened up, like swollen little um, Mexicans. And I, okay. and, um, and I was like, I'm going to take one for myself. And I had one. And I had to drive, I was driving around with it and I gave it to my buddy and, um, well, yeah, crazy story. He almost got in a crazy wreck because he's Israeli um, and all the Israelis have to go to the military and they come out thinking that they're invincible and all this stuff. And like, <laughs> he, he ate a handful of them and then he like drove down oh, the mountain trying to meet up God, with somebody and like they hit no. him. Anyway, like, he, like this one little tree saved him from like totally dying. That's another story. Oops. So I go to the top of the mountain that night and he's up there like all frazzled from his day and stuff and he's got like these other israelis there working and stuff and i don't fit in with any of them so i'm just chilling um i mean i kind of do but it's like six israelis like trimming buds i'm just like i'm gonna go do my own thing <laughs> so i go grab that mushroom out of the car and where my buddy's farm was it's like you're like two hours drive from the ocean but you can see the ocean it's like this beautiful yeah, mountain stop wow. mountain top um mountain top spot in humboldt california That's and awesome. um when the sun sets over there in the ocean the um stars come up and they're so freaking bright and they're like right in your face like you, it's like you can reach out and grab these stars right there so i was like i'm i'm bored i'm gonna eat this mushroom and i had <laughs> been telling i had been telling that mushroom as i drove around with it i was like i know you probably know about this flat earth like i know you know the truth <laughs> about the <laughs> astrology like 
I know you've got to know more than I know about this. Like I'd been like talking to it, you know? Wow. Yeah. Which I believe in talking to yourselves and even talking to your food, talking to seeds as you grow things. And yes, stuff. your plants. So yeah. I mean, even like you're supposed to put the seeds in your mouth and the saliva, it can tell what minerals you're deficient in. And then, and then when you grow the plant, it'll grow more of those minerals for you. You know about that? They're, wow. It's what? Highly intelligent, highly intelligent, um, symbiotic relationship with us and these, and these beings on earth every last being of them every last one have you talked to jim gale no for food forest abundance you should he's, he's all he's all about that but anyway cool i'll i'll make note so i eat the mushroom and it kicks in so fast it's like i mean i i i was pretty surprised so i go outside and i'm looking at the stars and there's these two stars that are just like completely chit-chatting back and forth, dude. It's like I'm looking at them and they're just zip-zapping light between one another. It looked like a conversation. Yeah. It was just like these two stars were like conversing is all I could think. Wow, my dad told me a story about that when, when he was younger. He looked up the sky, he saw three stars with light shooting in between all three of them. Yeah, and so I was like, I'm tripping balls. I must be. So I go in and what I, if I'm in a position- He wasn't tripping. Like yeah, no, I bet not. When I'm in a situation like this, I go and look at wood grain, right? Because if, yeah. like, if it's oh going like all God. crazy, like a, like a river, then you know yes. you're totally you're totally on one. But mm -hmm. I wasn't. I went in where everyone was working, and everyone's chilling. I'm chilling. I looked at my hands. I looked at the wood grain. I even could like do a little work. I could function, you know. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay. And I looked at everyone's faces because everyone's faces are all warped when you're when you're really high. And oh, everyone's yeah. fine. Everyone's fine. I go outside. Like I'm inside for like 10 minutes. I go outside. I sit down. I look outside at the stars. Only those two stars, dude, are talking to each other, zip-zapping light. And I mean, I, I would not say that it was like mechanical. It looked like that they were conversing. Like they were zip-zapping like two zip-zips and then two zip-zips back or something. And then three and then one. And like, it was like yeah. a Morse code. And somehow they were showing it to me. I have no idea. So I was like, this is just totally nuts. I can't handle watching these. And I, I, I watched it long enough to know that it was not just me. Like I, yeah. sat there for, I sat there for an hour and I was like, nothing else is happening. This is just weird. I was like, I'm going to go lay down in my freaking car and like chill and like, you know, think about something else because this is a, he a head full. <laughs> and I go and I lay down in my car and I put the blanket over my head. So it's just me in the dark, yeah. which is nice when you're bringing out some mushrooms in your system. So if you can control your shit, so <laughs> you can handle your shit. So I get under the blanket and I just like totally get in this meditative spot and bam, I'm in elementary school, bro, just sitting there. Whoa. And my teacher is like teaching me about the North Star, Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. Uh -huh. And then and I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I start remembering this, like studying the North Star and the North Star doesn't move and how suspect that is and the whole flat earth talk. Mm -hmm. And then literally like the teacher or the mushrooms or something says to me, so Matt, what do you know about space? And I responded like, I know space. I know exactly what space is like. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, show me, tell me, you know, it was like this weird classroom environment and every single image that I've ever been exposed to ever in my life of space, George Clooney, NASA, 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 mm -hmm. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Yeah. It goes flashing in my, in my like, imagery like a movie mm -hmm. and it was amazing um i've never been really shown something like this so well in an experience like this and this is why i'm sharing it with you because later on i processed it it showed me every memory i've ever been shown of space and i swore i knew what space was but afterwards i realized those weren't my experiences at all these are things i've seen on the tv and i should know yeah. better but i have a mental construct completely built it's cold it's a vacuum it's space. It's space. We all know what it's like. You mm -hmm. know, like you take a bite of an apple, you throw it out there. It doesn't decompose. It just floats it's off into the forever. In, endless vacuum of space forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Right? And so I woke up the next day, like analyzing the crap out of that experience. I was like, what was it with Harriet Tubman, the North Star, the Underground Railroad? And it hit me. That Underground Railroad never existed. It wasn't underground. It wasn't a railroad. It was a fairy tale. And I doubt Harriet Tubman was even real. She might, I mean, was she gathering people up with song and taking them north to the Mason-Dixon line, which me and you mm. know very well. I lived right on that Potomac River, basically, 
I mean, mm-hmm. the rich people did. I kind of lived in the hood. But either way, the Potomac River is the division between Maryland and Virginia mm-hmm. or D.C. and Virginia. And mm-hmm. that river is the division between North and South or freedom and not freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, you get over the river north and you're free uh, as a slave. Mm-hmm. And that fanciful, beautiful story was told to me when I was a very impressionable, indoctrinated, like, first grader. Yep. You know? And I'm looking around and I'm living in Virginia and I'm looking around. I'm um, got black kids with me, white kids. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry about that. I felt guilty. Okay. Yeah. Firstly, my family is Italian. We, <laughs> lost our, we lost our last name in Ellis Island and they converted it to land man. They translated. No, no, wow. you're land man. Now here's a bowl of soup. Get out of my face. No like shit. we're Sicilian immigrants. And I'm not apologizing for nothing, really. Not anymore. Like, I am sorry that maybe something happened. But why was I guilt-tripped at a young age? Mm -hmm. Now that I know that the public indoctrination system is like a brainwashing system, I was very much told how to think and how to feel about a certain subject at a very young age. And that's not fair. So let's get back to that North Star. I, soon after waking up that morning, had this epiphany that the North Star's freedom. Wow. Not from, not from slavery, bro, but from mental slavery, our mental slavery. It's like the first piece of that mental slavery <sighs> breakdown where freedom lies. And if you start to learn that that North Star does not move, it does not freaking move. We are not spinning around. We are not spinning on a tilt spinning at a thousand miles per hour at the equator but only like 500 miles per hour where i live or whatever that nonsense is wobbling while blasting through space at a million miles per hour orbiting the sun and an elliptical this is the most important part Mm -hmm. we're not orbiting the sun in an elliptical spinning orbit with all of that nonsense there's no way where i live on that globe i'm not at the north pole okay where i live on that globe there's no way where my view has a star that never moves and didn't move back then either. And it's still in the same spot that it was when there was slavery. That is nonsense. And that doesn't make sense. And that makes you start to question things. Now, then, and the story is pretty much done. Then I have this crazy Facebook following and I was really into it until I started getting censored. I've got about 55,000 followers on there, but it's like, it's frozen. And it's like, what are you going to do? I try to Mm. post and I try to keep it alive, but but when it was going, I had people reaching out to me all the time. And would you believe a couple of days later, someone contacted me and said, Matt, can I get you on the phone? Can I get you on the, can, I, can you call me? Well, sure. Yeah. I talked to some Canadian random person. I called to tell you, Matt, that psilocybin mushrooms is the literal antidote to flat earth indoctrination, fucking programming, brainwashing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I had a mushroom the other day and saw some like stars chatting to each other or something. And they're like, you know? And I was like, yeah, I just realized this a couple of days ago. Thank you for the reassurance. Now I really know. Cause that's how the synchronicities work. When you start yes. to like, wait a second, is that really? And it's like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Like the universe wants you to know and lines it up another synchronicity so that you can resonate with it and confirm it in your gut and stuff. So for those of you that don't believe in flat earth or question the shape of the earth, that's fine. You know, that's a really out there thing. And people are demonized for even thinking about that. That's Mm. not fine. That's not. Yeah, dude, that's. So think however you want. But I I encourage you to question things like when the moon is up during the day, which has been a lot of that recently. Moon was out all day today. All day today, all day yesterday. When the moon is, which is weird because I'm on the other side of the country than you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, either way, the moon is, is interesting. It has the same exact path that it always has. And on the autumnal equinox in four years, it'll be the same exact spot, that, you know, Mm. rock. We've never seen the other side of it. We never went there. They say we can't go back, but somehow we went to the moon, I mean, Mars. Right. We can't go back there, but we have technology to go to the Mars. It's all fabrication. It's it's locked, so we can't see the other side. But it is spinning, but it's locked, and it's spinning, but not enough for us. It's all so... Like, like, what is it really? I don't know. But it impacts us a lot. It dictates mm-hmm. girls' periods and ovulation, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And, and it seems to have an impact. You know, if you really want to look into the lunar light, learn about the fact that it's opposite properties from sunlight. No yeah. sun is going to, sun is not going to bounce off a rock and then completely reverse its properties. Like, show me something that can reverse the properties 
of light and illuminate it still just blast it you know um sunlight kills fungus and mold and it's hot warm light yeah. moonlight is cool light that makes fungus and mold grow there's a lot of discrepancies there but again that's another rabbit hole so if, for those of you that just want to think about the chemtrails please do and watch my movie and you don't have to go down that other rabbit hole but for those of you that are down those other rabbit holes you know that's always fun and you know welcome and truth is a frequency i believe once you start writing that vibration of truth whether yes. it be getting unfluoridated toothpaste or mm. whatever it is you know you get on that frequency of truth other truths are there on that vibration so there it all starts to become self-evident once you start to go down the rabbit hole so any of them are a welcomed um, gateway drug. So if it's chemtrails <laughs> or fluoride or GMOs, you know, we'll all meet there. We'll all meet you at the top. So thanks. And enjoy the ride. <laughs> enjoy the ride. Well, Matt, thank you, man. This has been awesome. I, yeah, I agree. Thanks. It's nice to be able to just to, yeah, I, I, I've been trying to be as authentic as possible, you know, and that just means being myself and yeah. doing so I can just kind of flow and not have to think about what I'm saying. And it, it just comes off really nice. So I hope we can meet in person, bro, sometime. And, and I hear that you and Jeff at Shadow Band are starting a band. I want to hear that music. I want to be a part of that. I want to know about that music. Anything that's rocking truth. It's just like, it's what we need. Speaking yes, truth right now man. is the most important thing in my life. And that's what all, we're all thinking. So we'll definitely uh, get you involved with that. And with that, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, all of, the, all of uh, Matt's links will be down in the show notes. And uh, definitely go check out Franken Skies and Sparrow Gear. Thanks for listening, everybody. My words, they don't matter.